This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. In 2008, a podcast was created with one goal. To bring Bat fans around the world news related to movies, comics, video games, television, merchandise, and so much more. And now, the Batman Universe Podcast has returned. Welcome to the latest episode of the TBU Podcast. I'm Dustin, joining me today is BJ and Scott, and today it's all about the Batman, yet again. And uh, I assume that, uh, well, I, I warned everybody that this was going to happen, but we're going to be talking about the Batman for a lot of a lot of different weeks, a lot of different topics that stem from the film itself. Uh, this week, we're specifically talking about sequels. Uh, sequels to the Batman, what we can expect, what has been officially announced, what hasn't been officially announced, what we're hoping for, um, kind of hints at some of the ideas that might be floating around out there as possibilities for the future. And then obviously the biggest thing, which we'll start with is kind of how the Batman ends, which we talked about last episode, but this time we're going to dive a little bit more into it. Um, and let's just start with that. So the Batman ends with Riddler's plan ultimately failing. Batman stops him, but he is introduced to a new person who inter- who says that he can be his friend. We know that that is the Joker. Um, there was some debate amongst people in general about whether or not it actually was the Joker, but IGN and Collider both uh, released videos the day that the film actually released with Matt Reeves confirming that it was, in fact, the Joker. Um, and that they did not want to take away from the Riddler. They had a whole other scene that they filmed, and that at some point they believed that they'll, re- they'll the release, uh, which led us to think that maybe the uh, loading sequence that was on Rada Alada was going to potentially open that sequence up, but it didn't, um, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I don't mind it being necessarily something else that could be released in the future but the rata alada uh when it finally loaded it was basically like an info dump of all kinds of journal entries and the pictures and pictures of like uh actual pictures of the riddler's hideout and plans for the rat maze and things like that so it's a lot of the stuff that riddler had already we've already seen in the film but this is like more in depth you can appreciate it a lot more. I imagine a lot of this stuff is actually going to probably appear in the Art of Batman book when it releases next month. But nonetheless, there it was a lot of interesting items, but that was the the extent of it. Then if you happen to reload the page after you got the info dump, it said um I don't remember exact the exact words, but the it, it basically said everybody knows and then uh, there was another message to decipher, and it said, Gotham loves a comeback. 
So the uh, the intent is that they're setting it up. The viral marketing or the uh, alternate reality game that is happening, that version of the game is, is, is leaning into the idea that the Joker is going to play a much prominent, more prominent role in the future because one of the sequences that happened before you get the info dump is that he said, I'm fine here with my new friend. So... They're setting it up like they're going to be they're going to be partners or they're going to be involved in something. So a lot of people online immediately lean into the idea. Well, obviously, Joker's got to be in the next film. And personally, I don't think that's the case. I think that they're setting up Joker to appear in the future. But I think it would make a lot more sense for Joker to kind of stay a little bit mysterious for the sequel, and then maybe the third film, Joker teams up with some villains from the first film and the second film and. Batman has a much harder um, group of characters that he has to deal with rather than just one or two characters that he's dealt with in the previous films. It it builds and uh, it builds the conflict for Batman much higher. Uh, has has higher. I don't know. I can't think of the word because my mind's drawing a blank. But it's higher risk or higher threats that Batman would have to deal with more so than just one or two villains that we've seen in the previous films. Um, And and when we look at films in general, um, superhero films, that is, there's there's this tendency to you always want to try to be better than the last one. You don't want to necessarily start with your best villain. That's not always the case. It doesn't work with every superhero film. But a lot of superhero films build to something bigger and and worse. And I think it was mentioned last week, the idea that the Avengers films, when they all started, it was hinted at the that Thanos was out there. But then it took like uh, multiple movies for that to, to build to the fact that you actually believed he was a true threat. And I think that something that they could do with the Joker and make it really interesting without taking away from a lot of the other villains that are still out there and still able to be potentially used. What do you guys think? Yeah, I I don't think it's going to be the Joker. I actually I have a feeling on who the next villain might be. Just the more I think about this movie and then I went back and you know I saw it again, you know, the more I kind of feel like the comeback story itself, like that line is a clue and it doesn't necessarily mean Riddler. It means a different villain. And, you know, I have ideas about that, but, you know, I think the Joker thing, yeah, would serve better as, you know, a third or even ideally a fourth film villain. And, you know, what made the Batman great, I think one of its strengths you know, that they should, that Matt Reeves should continue with and like the studio should continue with is this idea that they took stories that like comic fans knew and kind of blended them in a new way and utilizing characters in a different way that like most film going audiences weren't familiar with. You know, it was like for people who don't read the comics at all, it was a very fresh story. So, you know, and I think continuing down that road by, you know, maybe borrowing different plot lines that could be tethered to what we just saw, you know, in a way that film audiences haven't seen again, you know, will probably pay off and you can do it in a way that's just, you know, tops what we've seen because of the way the ending, you know, the way the the final moments of the film play out. I'm really not looking forward to the Joker in the next movie, at least because I think it'd be kind of almost copying like the Nolan trilogy where all right, we have our first movie, but then second one, we're right in there with the Joker. So I think, like uh, you said, Dustin, almost kind of build Joker up as kind of like a Thanos level threat where you kind of 
in the second one, maybe tease him in a third one, and then boom, he's he's in there for a fourth one, causing all sorts of uh, mayhem and chaos. So, yeah, I'm not um, te- keep the teases, keep little. Maybe next movie we'll see his full face, we'll see his smile and everything. But for a full poker reveal, we'll save that for the fourth. Yeah, I agree. I um, well, obviously, I mean, you agreed with me, but the but but uh, <laughs> you agree with agreement of yours? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, I I like the idea of 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 like the slow build. Like this was a really good film. And anytime I think we see a really good film, like with Batman Begins, it was a really good film. We're anticipating the next film. We're wondering when the next film is going to come out. But we also have to keep in mind that some of these, you know, some of these films take years to actually create. Between filming it and editing it, the directors work on these projects for like three years potentially at a time. And there's a lot that goes into making these films. So the real, but the the thing that as a moviegoer or an audience member or uh, you know someone who obviously sees these films and appreciates it, one of the things that I think that we get accustomed to is we want we always want more. I mean that's just how society is nowadays. Is when's the next movie? That's the question. What are we gonna get? When are we gonna see more of this Batman? We really like it, and whenever something is really good, and the audiences love it, the critics love it, all of that happens, there's this tendency to try to, like, make something happen as soon as possible. And that doesn't always, it doesn't always happen. I mean, when you look at The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight was the most successful Batman film of the modern age. And then all of a sudden it was, we had to, instead of waiting three years, it was four years before we got The Dark Knight Rises. There was a little bit more time because Nolan went and did another big movie in between those films. And that's not to say that Matt Reeves is not going, you know, he's, he's going to go off and do something else. He's obviously tied to Warner Brothers to a certain degree because he's not only involved with the Batman film, he's, he's involved in the development and, and he's a producer for the spinoff series that will occur uh, that are connected to the same universe. But he's also got his hand in some other things. He's attached to that animated uh, Batman series that is kind of being revamped from uh, the animated series where he's in, he's attached to that along with J.J. Abrams and uh, Bruce Tim and James Tucker. There's a lot of they're all they're all involved in this this new series. Not to say that that ties into the Batman universe, it doesn't. But he he you can tell he has a love for this character. So I feel like if anything, we are going to get probably more from him than I think a lot of people would expect because I think he's going to be a lot more involved in other things than Chris Nolan necessarily was because Chris Nolan, he did his films and and they're great films, but he did his films and then he, he had other projects that he wanted to do and there was other things that he wanted to accomplish. But Matt Reeves comes across as the type of person who where when he gets his sights set on something, that's what he's focusing on. He's not necessarily focusing on other things. Um, looking at specific comments that have been made, Matt Reeves uh, was interviewed and they asked him about a sequel and he said he specifically made the Batman with not necessarily thinking, how can I make this the first movie of more? But that doesn't mean he hasn't thought about a sequel. He wanted to make this movie self-contained and a complete film by itself because nowadays we see so many films that come out where it feels like it's just part of a larger it's a chapter of a larger story and that's but that but you see that from the very first chapter not 
the second chapter that's leading into something else and you can see that they're building an overall story. It's you watch a film and you can tell that it's part of a larger story, but it doesn't necessarily feel complete by itself always. And that's not what he wanted to do. He wanted to make sure that the Batman was a good film by itself and could stand alone. Um, And then obviously he has said that he has thought about what to do with sequel. Now there's been a bunch of different comments that released during the press junkets that led up to the release of the film where a variety of different topics came up between him and Robert Pattinson. Uh, They were both asked like, oh, well, if you guys were going to do a sequel, what characters would you like to use or what characters would you like to see in the film? And there's been a variety of different answers. We've heard Court of Owls. We've heard uh, we've heard Mr. Freeze. Uh, There was interest from Pattinson about bringing Robin into it in some way, shape, or form. And those are all good ideas. And I don't have anything necessarily against, honestly, any of those ideas. But I'm sure there's plenty of other ideas that they have already had. We can tell by the end of the film that they're setting things up to be very similar to No Man's Land. In the next next episode that we record, we're going to be talking a lot more about the comic connections of the film and how things are kind of like uh, a combination of a variety, like Scott was saying earlier, a combination of a variety of different comic stories, but kind of molded together to tell their own unique story with elements from these these other stories. But at the end, No Man's Land is kind of hinted at where not necessarily they're going to be cordoned off from uh, the rest of the United States necessarily, but you can tell that uh, with some of the comments that are made about how, well, Goth, you know, there's going to be a power grab for 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 Gotham, and there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be fighting for power, and that sets things up where Gotham's going to be in a rebuilding phase, just like No Man's Land, and there's going to be a struggle between the people who are trying to grab the power because there is this there's this vacuum that is basically needing somebody to to step up, and. Batman will do his best to, you know, stop the, you know, the bad people or the villains from taking over, but he can't necessarily be everywhere at once. So personally, one of the things I think I would really like to see, and I think mostly because I want to see it done really well in film, is I'd love to see the introduction in some way, shape, or form of the Bat family, because I feel like that could also really help lead into a larger threat where they have to face multiple villains on multiple fronts and have a larger cast of characters that can help Batman by them by himself. Obviously, for other reasons, I would love to have the Batman universe introduced to the Batman films because that is what we are all about. We're not just about Batman. We're also about all the other characters that make up the universe. Whether they do, you know, Robin... I don't necessarily... I'd love to see them do Robin true to the comics, but I understand that not everything can be exactly to the comics. Um, There's all kinds of things that get changed all the time. So I think when it comes to Robin or Batgirl or Nightwing or any of these other characters, like if they did time jumps, I don't necessarily think I would be opposed to that. I think that 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 could be one way of making things work where you don't have to focus so much on Batman working alongside a child for a larger period of time. Because I know there is like this problem with this 12 year old boy working alongside Batman and, you know, facing down barrels of guns and things like that. So I'd love to see the Bat family. That's the one thing that I really wish I you know happens in the sequel. Uh, what's something that you guys want to see? Not necessarily villains, because we'll get to that, but what's other things you'd like to see come of the sequel? Bruce Wayne, but 
the caveat to that is like, oh, I echo your thoughts about the Bat family. I would love to see them. But I would also love to see, you know, one of my favorite things in Batman stories, both comics they've done in the animated series, everything is this idea that like at night, you know, when he's Batman, you know, he goes around and he stops a crime or he, you know, stops theft or whatever it is he's doing. But during the day as Bruce Wayne, you know, depending on who the, the criminal is that's causing these havocs, he'll use his Bruce Wayne ability to like land that person a job or stabilize them. So, you know, he's doing both the stopping of the crime and almost like social work in a way to make sure that that same crime involving that same person doesn't happen again. And like, to me, that's, you know, in this film, we saw the story of like a vigilante becoming a hero by the end. To me, that's, you know, kind of the ultimate heroism is, is problem solving, on a way where you're taking actions to prevent like future crimes. And so seeing that kindness kind of come through and echo through, through the Bruce Wayne persona, you know, that he can use both um, parts of him, you know, to his ability to like essentially save Gotham. Always um, rooting for some variation of the Bat family, bring in Robin somewhere along the way. I think there's a way that they can do it. And I think, first uh the first movie they he's, he's bruce was always keep for that uh the mayor's son so they kind of laid seeds of like like he sees like an orphan like it kind of hits him in like a in a soft spot so i think it could and i think they're going to set up more where he is bruce wayne more in the movie instead of just fully batman where we're going to lay into that more persona and maybe he'll go to the circus or maybe he'll see someone stealing the wheels off the Batmobile or one of the other Robin origins we've gotten in our lives. But I'm for some, I'm Robin. I think it was big for Pattinson to say that, um, to even mention Robin. Cause I remember Christian Bale said that if they ever introduced Robin, like he would quit or something, something along those lines. I don't know if you guys remember that, but I think it was big to have yeah. Pattinson kind of speak up for Robin and for the star of the movie to say it was huge. Yeah. It was really great in general because it seemed like when he was doing press, and I can't say this is nothing against Christian Bale, but he's the only other Batman outside of Ben Affleck that has been the Batman for the the length of me running the site. And I don't remember as dialed as I was into everything that was going on with the release of The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. I don't remember Bale really talking about the comics that much. I'm sure he was asked questions about the comics and things like that, but he wasn't immediately talking about it. And one of the things that I remember hearing about when Pattinson first was announced as, as Batman was anytime anybody would ask him about him being cast... He was seeking out playing Batman because he likes the character of Batman. It wasn't like he was, oh, well, this is a role and I want to be, you know, some megastar who, who's, who's Batman. He actually is a Bat fan in general. And that's why it's always interesting when he, you hear some of his answers when they're asking him questions that are like, not necessarily specifically comic based, but like, what kind of characters would you like to see? What do you want to see? You know, your character do and things like that. And some of his answers are very like you can tell to a very 
even if he's never read a comic book in his life, he's at least watched some of the animated stuff, or he's at least watched some of the other uh, Batman films and things like that, because he has answers for these different questions that are very specific to somebody who would have to know enough about Batman outside of their own script. And that's not to say, I know Ben Affleck is also a, a Batman fan too, so it's not to say that he wasn't, but I think there was so much other stuff going on with uh, that role and what they were trying to do that it really wasn't like it wasn't a very Batman centric situation. It was well we're 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 making the DC universe. It's not necessarily we're making the Batman universe. And this very much feels like the Batman universe. So last week it was officially announced that the Penguin series is officially been picked up with a series order for each at HBO Max. So that's officially happening. It's pretty expected because that was announced a while back that they were playing with the idea of making that series. And Colin Farrell has talked about it multiple times about how he really enjoyed playing the character and, and that. So that's not a huge surprise. Now, there, the other series that was in development was... It's kind of weird how this all played out. So there was another series that originally, the first one that was announced, was focusing on the GCPD. Then there was a comment that came out saying that uh, Matt Reeves said something about we, that they were working on something that focused on Arkham. And a lot of people took that as, wait, there's three different series coming? And it wasn't that at all. It turns out the GCPD series, which then people were like, oh, well, they're not doing the GCPD series. That series has kind of morphed into a series that is going to focus on Arkham to a degree. I don't know what degree, and that's not to say it won't have the GCPD in it, but that's the other project that they're currently working on. Nothing has concretely been announced as far as a series order or anything like that for that series. But the advantage with streaming now is that nowadays you have the ability to make a film, and then it might take, you know, potentially five years to make another film. Um, Dylan Clark, one of the producers for the film, uh, specifically said, he, 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 this is his quote, I will go on the record and say that the next film will be made in less than five years. Now, that's a long time in the larger scheme of things. Like Five years is a huge stretch. Uh, between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, there was three years. Between Batman, uh, Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, there was four years. Um, Five years would be a long time, so obviously he's given himself some leeway, but with these other series that potentially tie into it, the Penguin series, this other Arkham series, those could be the easy thing to like fill the gap for people who are looking for more of the character and more of that universe. So I love the fact that this stuff is moving forward, but also it has the ability to like build on it. Uh, for anybody who saw The Suicide Squad and then watch The Peacemaker. The Peacemaker takes one individual character and then develops them into their own full-fledged thing where it has nothing to necessarily do with The Suicide Squad, which I can appreciate a lot, not because I didn't enjoy The Suicide Squad, but because I think that ultimately The, the Peacemaker... I did not expect him to be a character that I would enjoy watching the series of, but it was really good. And I think Penguin is like that too, like in the sense of you can take this character that was, you know, that had a prominent role in the film, but then develop them into something so much more and be able to do something that fans can really appreciate without necessarily needing to have the main character of Batman in the show. Yeah. I mean, I, I love it. And I think the thing I'm, 
hoping for, I mean, is like the way I look at the ending with the no man's land setup is that it's kind of just like an open canvas for them to do whatever they want. And they have this groundwork where like the penguin, obviously we see him like his eyes, like scanning the city when they're talking about the power grab. So I kind of hope that it, you know, to fill the gaps, it's kind of becomes its own like vehicle for adding minor characters and continuing the world build on what Matt reads puts together to where they could put in, you know, just, C or D listers that we would never see in like the Batman official movies, you know, somewhere maybe along the lines of like the Flamingo or something, or you know, some of your other weird ones. But you know, I, I just it's it's fun, and I I don't know, I really appreciate, I'm really looking forward to it too with Colin Farrell because he was so good, and that was one thing I really wanted more of. What's um Matt Reeves's role going to be on the Penguin? Is he like writer writing it? That's what made Peacemaker so good is that James Gunn wrote every episode and directed all of them, I think, except one. So I think if Matt really involved, I think like if he's writing it or maybe directing a few episodes here, it's probably at least direct the premiere, I would first episode, I would assume. Yeah, I, I'm not sure because what I've heard in general is that he's gonna be a producer for the series, but I don't know that he's necessarily I mean, I'm sure he's going to have some sort of credit when it comes to uh, writing it just because he's probably got ideas. Otherwise, when they pitched him, what I you know what ser- what characters could we develop into you know for a series? And he immediately was like the Penguin. He had to have some sort of idea. So I'm not sure if he's going to be writing or directing anything. That's not to say he couldn't. But I think J- that James the, the Peacemaker and James Gunn was a very unique situation because they filmed that completely like under, under quarantine and like away from everybody else and they just happen like my understanding is that he finished editing the suicide squad they asked him if he was interested in doing a a, if he had any ideas of how to like develop something into a series for hbo max and he was like yeah peacemaker and they're like okay what's your ideas and then like he retreated back to his place and then just went crazy and wrote the entire thing himself because he just had time on his hands because of uh, quarantine and COVID and stuff. So, and then conveniently, it just so happened that they were able to film it all um, under quarantine as well. Because I remember last year, last April or something, I remember reading something about how John Cena was unable to travel uh, for WrestleMania because he was in the middle of filming Peacemaker and he couldn't leave because it would he did basically have to quarantine for like six weeks before they could start refilming and it was just too much time or something like that so i think that was a unique thing where it just happened to fall together with james gunn involved i think it works because he was involved but i don't necessarily think that i think if matt reeves is like a hands-on producer it could work under anybody if he's involved with picking a series runner and things like that i think it could still work even if he's not writing and directing i mean they could you know honestly if he just picks you know a director he trusts you know honestly that could make yeah. all the difference you know when hbo has like some people they tend to work with a lot for various projects you know like i could honestly see if matt reeves like picked like terrence winter from the sopranos or something like that would probably be a decent enough fit. Well, it's funny you say that because I'm pretty sure he was originally attached to the GCPD series when that was first announced. And then he ended up leaving because of creative issues. And I think it was because 
there was like a clash. I think it was more of a he he had planned to do one specific thing, and they did not go that route. But I feel like if he did the penguin, especially if they're dealing with like the underworld, the Gotham underworld and stuff like that, that would be perfect setup. So, all right. So, so to wrap up our conversation, the last thing I want to talk about is so. Obviously, the Joker's coming sometime. The Riddler does not... He's not off the table. The Penguin's not off the table. Um, Catwoman, by by all means, I would expect her to come back at some point. I don't think she's going to be a one-and-done character. I really do believe that while she's leaving town and heading to potentially Bloodhaven, she, she will be back at some point. I think the chemistry between Batman and Catwoman is too good for them to just completely ignore and not have her come back. So that's pretty much pretty much set but talking about let's 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 hypothesize here and say that that the matt reeves franchise goes for more than three movies let's say it goes for four or five movies and maybe there's spinoffs and all this other stuff and there's other streaming series in that sticking with the second movie or third movie of the group imagining that there's a larger plan where it's not just a trilogy and joker's going to end up having a bigger role in it what villains would you like to see matt reeves develop into characters for the film and then i guess you could even take that a step further and say are they a major character are they a minor character i kind of how like riddler and penguin were both in the film but one was the major villain and one is a minor villain and then you could take that minor villain and then develop it into its own series is there characters that you guys would like to see as either a major or minor um in that role in either batman 2 or 3 i so the one i feel like has you can do a lot of connections to and they did reference it um is hush and like you know, they made you know. Obviously, they they we saw a snippet with Edward Elliot's name, which we would assume could be his dad, because his name is Tommy Elliot, you know. And then the word "hush" on the screen, and I feel like that would be a perfect shoe, and you know, for multiple reasons. One, because of the Riddler connection from the books, you know, obviously the big hush storyline. Um, two, you know, there's a comment I believe Alfred makes to Bruce, you know. Or maybe a couple comments throughout the film. It's my mind's kind of fuzzy on it now, but about you know him basically prodding him to like re-enter society as Bruce Wayne and you know do something with him. The fact that he doesn't want to meet you know investors and go out, and so you know Alfred pushing him that way. And now that you know we've kind of settled the vigilante storyline, and he's more of a hero. Maybe you know when they try to reintroduce. Bruce Wayne, you know, your perfect foil to that character, that socialite would be like Tommy Elliot back in town. And then, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the the comeback story, you know, that Riddler talks about, like, wow, that's something that Joker says the Riddler in Arkham, you know, you know, maybe the the true spin on it or deceit of it is that it's, you know, maybe that's a, a Tommy Elliot illusion there too. Someone who, you know, we saw that was his whose whose father was bumped off by Carmine Falcone at the behest behest of um Thomas Wayne, you know, re entering Gotham and, and the graces of Gotham's elite or what, you know, exists of it after this no man's land scenario. I think Hush is definitely out of all the big Batman villains, he's the one who's really kind of never gotten a big push that like obviously on film. Of the Hush storyline, that's like the storyline that kind of like got me back into comics. So I would kind of love to see 
like a different twist because I don't think you can fully adapt that storyline because it's so rooted in Batman villain history. But a one I would kind of like to see. Maybe he's in like a gang war with the Penguin, but I would kind of like to see uh, the ventriloquist and Scarface. I'd love to kind of see like uh, whatever Matthews would do, uh, the goofy with the puppet. And uh, it could be pretty creepy with just kind of a creepy Chucky-like doll sitting there and the mouse not, but you hear a voice. Um, maybe not the villain for a full movie, but at least like a camp, kind of like a penguin, like in the Batman. You could even see that could the, be scary. Yeah, it, they could even do the ventriloquist in like the Penguin series because it could have that tied to the 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 underworld or the mobsters and stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of characters that are obviously connected to the mobster side of it could, that could eventually have a role when it comes to the Batman or with the Penguin series. Um, when it comes, uh, like I know a lot of people have been on this Court of Owls kick because there's this. You know, Court of Owls, the, they're, they're playing a huge role in the Gotham Knights game that's coming out. They have obviously been very popular in comics um, that Scott Snyder wrote. But I think that, I, I'm not saying that I wouldn't want the Court of Owls involved, but I think I would rather them, instead of like them presenting a talent and saying, here's a talent, Batman, fight the talent kind of situation, I would like them to be kind of like pulling the strings of some villains behind the scenes or something like that, like orchestrating other villains into a situation. Like uh, the Hush thing that got mentioned, that uh, if if Hush was the villain, obviously the famous Hush storyline involves Batman trying to figure out the mystery and then who is Hush and what is, what's going on. And he there's like this, every issue he's coming in contact with one of his big villains. And... I think you could introduce a lot of different characters if you had Hush and you went some not ne- not necessarily exactly that route, but like have the character um, play this like mysterious role and not and not know exactly how to deal with it, and then he has to end up going around and asking some other villains and things like that because you could introduce villains. But I would I would probably want to stay away from like top tier villains because it would be very difficult to be like well here's. Poison Ivy, here's Two-Face, here's, here's Riddler, here's Joker, and it just, you just keep running off the list because eventually you, you don't want to have just that character having like a little cameo and never ends up showing up because some of these characters could definitely be used in the future for other things. But I think the Court of Owls would be really cool, especially because you could combine that with Tommy Elliot in the sense of like they could be pulling the strings and uh, the whole idea of him having something against Bruce Wayne because of the whole situation that was revealed with the Riddler. They're clearly setting something like that up, but I think it would be, I think it would be cool to find out that the court of owls is kind of like, they're the ones who conveniently uh, gave the forensic accounting information to Riddler. Once they found out that he tried to set the orphanage on fire because it, you know, he was so pissed about how his childhood worked out he conveniently got a hold of these uh, these these uh, ledgers that led him down the rabbit hole of you know finding out all this corruption and things like that because there's always that 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 cool interesting idea of somebody in the background and then you could completely pull the rug out from everybody by revealing it's the court of owls but then the court of owls is just like sporadically taken out by the Joker and then the Joker's like well it's time to take control of this situation or something like that I think it'd be a cool twist. A perfect tie-in too is like you know, but before Falcone, you know, gets it in the movie, 
you know, he tells he tells him in the hallway, like, you know, the things I know are going to die with me, you know, and like that's an allusion to something, you know, yeah. and I feel like that could be a perfect tether to like Court of Owls, like maybe he was Gotham's buffer, yeah. you know, between the Court of Owls and everybody else. Yeah, I think, and there's a lot of possibilities. I mean, there's there's other villains that I think I that I'd also love to see done differently than they have done in the past. Mister Freeze is one that I really think, especially if they followed the Mister Freeze from the animated series, and they did something where it was more of a a a you know a troubled soul kind of character rather than somebody who's you know all about the quips that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, Mister Freeze was. <laughs> But and obviously they they leaned into the idea that he was trying to do it for his wife, but I don't think they did a very good job because it just came off too comedic. But I I, I would I would like to see a Mister Freeze that is like you know like a tortured soul kind of character. But then also there's there's I mean Poison Ivy's ripe for you know a, a new a, a better interpretation in live action as well, although she keeps being used over and over again in the TV shows. Uh, she was in Gotham. She's in Batwoman. She's been in a lot of different characters. I, I don't know that their priority, well, I should say the higher-ups priority for that character is are as important. But thinking completely outside the box, and, and it's funny because Matt Reeves has actually said he this wouldn't work in his universe, is uh, Man Bat. Because he said that he, because his universe is grounded, somebody like Man Bat wouldn't appear. And I think that... I think there's a way to do something like that, but not necessarily as a main character. I think as a minor character, not one that could hold its own streaming uh, series or something like that. But I think that there's a bunch of characters like Man Bat, Killer Croc, or Clayface that are like, they're larger than life in the sense of like, the they're, they're like just on that like step outside of grounded uh, versions of the character as far as like their origins are grounded but they're not they're they're to a degree they're more they're more than just a mobster they're more than just somebody with a gun or somebody who's really smart or someone you know like th- there's an element to them that's not that's a little bit more fantastical than some of the other villains that are that exist but i think that like man bat uh, would be an interesting one to like show up, even if it was just like he be- he becomes Man Bat, and that's the extent of it. You know, he Batman has to lean on Kirk Ling- uh, Langstrom for information, and then we just happen to find out that he's working on a serum, kind of like how the Spider-Man films hinted at uh, Doctor Connor for like multiple films when Sam Raimi was doing the films, or Clayface is another one. Like it's more fantastical, but a character like that could—they could do something very unique because he's basically a shapeshifter, and I think that's—it's something different. So I think I don't want to immediately discount some of the fantastical villains that exist in the Batman universe because they're not necessarily as grounded as some of the other ones that are more about, you know, besting Batman in IQ or besting Batman by you know, raising an army or having partners or something like that. I think that there's a way to do it. And I think if the right person did it, it could work even in a grounded universe. Um, I really don't consider him like a Batman villain, but I think Deathstroke, we bring him in. Maybe he wor- he's hired by the Court of Owls yeah. to take out Batman. And we can finally have like Batman take on someone who's just as equally matched fighting wise. I think we've really never before. Yeah, I, that would be cool. And then, yeah, I really do 
like the idea of Clayface. I honestly, I feel like the more, like, the scarier looking or more horror themed Batman villains would look really good in Matt Reeves's universe. Like, his style and his tone, you know, like how you mentioned Man Bat, you know, and then like Killer Croc or something. Just someone who, you know, you could really embody kind of a monstrous look, but also, you know, with Clayface, there's like, depending on how it's done, like we saw in the James Tynan detective run, like, He's like crying in a theater, you know, there's like a, there's like pathos to him and everything, you know, he's, there's more of a round, he's not just like some jerk who wants to like kill everybody. Right. So. There's like a redeeming factor with some of them. And I think yeah. that's the way that you could do it where, where some of these, especially the, the, the monster v- versions of some of these characters, like they look like a monster, but they have the, the ability to be redeemed where it's not just, well, we lock them up and that's the end of it because those characters, especially in more recent runs, Man Bat, Killer Croc, and Clayface have all had some sort of redeeming factor where they're not necessarily just about, you know, th- you know, thievery or killing people or whatever. It's not. It's not about that. There, you know, there's something more to it, and I think that's also what makes really good villains. And that's why Batman has such a great rogues gallery when it comes to villains, is because there's so many different types of villains. It's You've got the monsters, you've got the gangsters, you've got the crazies, you've got the, the, the super smart guys. There's so many different characters that, that that Batman has that you could focus on. It'll just be nice to see, you know, and I like and I really will say, like, as much as I don't want a film crammed with villains, and I was worried because when we found out Riddler and Penguin and Catwoman, and obviously put aside Catwoman being a villain. But Catwoman, and then you still had Falcone, and then you still have to introduce Batman, you still have to introduce Gordon, and you're like, wow, there's a lot of characters. But it worked. And I think because it works so well, I want to see it done again, specifically so so that we can have other characters have this, you know, the the, the build and the the focus that all of these characters equally got. I mean, like Penguin is not in the film that much, but when he is, he steals the scene a lot of the times. All right, so with all of that being said, that's going to wrap up this episode. Like I said, next week we're going to be talking about the comic uh, connections to the Batman. There's a lot of different comics that have come that that draw that that the film draws inspiration from. We're going to talk about some of those stories um, uh, next week. So. That is, uh, if you're looking for all kinds of other stuff related to the Batman, I will say the one thing that there is no shortage of is merchandise. And uh, I'll just plug the website here by saying head over to the website because a lot of the recent news, once the film is now released, um, is all about merchandise that is featuring the likeness of the characters from the Batman film. So there's tons of different stuff. Be sure to check out the site, thebatmanverse.net, for not only merchandise news, but also movie, TV, merchandise movie tv video games and uh anything else related to the bat fandom uh you can follow us on all kinds of social media platforms including twitter facebook instagram discord youtube um you can send us emails at tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net and if you are interested in supporting us be sure to check out our patreon where you can actually get early unedited versions of these podcasts uh, shortly after they're recorded and potentially days ahead of when they are actually released to the public. So that is a perk that you can find by subscribing to us on Patreon. 
With all that being said, uh, thank you so much for listening to this latest episode of the TBU Podcast. For BJ, Scott, and myself, we'll see you guys next time.